Welcome to the Then Weight Podcast, where we're bridging the gap between able-bodied and disabled people through real talk and real conversations from a wheelchair. So when we were little, and what I was going to say is, you know how um, my kid was in Cub Scouts? You don't know this, but I'm going to tell you. My kid was in Cub Scouts, and there was a book. Oh. And I think his father was supposed to be doing this, but his father didn't feel like that, I guess. To do it, but I'm doing it. And it told me to talk about, you know, don't get in the car with strangers and don't, you know, all that stuff about, you know, kids getting molested and stuff. Well, my son says, you told me to, and looking back on it, I think you scared me. You told me too soon. And I'm thinking, scared? Our mother told us that Hitler, yeah. if Hitler got a hold of you, girl, yeah. experiments that we do. And we're like, little kids. And, he, and she kept saying, no anesthesia. I'm like, oh my, that was really scary. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. She's a twin. They're both dead, too. The our, two, our twins. Yes. Yeah. Well, they were in their 80s and 90s. One made it over. The okay. one that made it into her 90s uh, ate what she wanted to do. He did what she wanted to do. It, the Our mom tried to be healthy and this and that. She didn't make it as long. Hmm. No. I, I think that's a trend. You know, they mean, even in doing what you want to do, that's less stress. It's stressful to try to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It that's is. Right. It is. Or to do the right. Yeah, it is. So it's like, I think you should, if you have a balance, see, like, I don't want to eat healthy all the time, but there's sometimes I need to eat healthy, so it's a balance. That's all I got to say about that. Probably a balance in everything, although I just read that some doctors said moderate, you know, everyone says everything in moderation, and the mm-hmm. article, I won't read it, He's the article was the doctor's like, everything in moderation will kill you, and I'm thinking, not really, not really, <laughs> no, no. you know, hot dogs is going to kill you and a hundred percent nasty attitude will get you. Oh, most definitely. I don't even know the last time I had a hot dog, to be honest with you. Now, cookouts, I do love a hot dog that's grilled out. So I I love that, but just make hot dogs, I don't. But, (laughs) (laughs) well, thank you guys for coming on the show. You got a lot of energy, so this should be fun. I'm going to enjoy it. So, can I get your names again, please? Joan and Jane. Yeah. Joan. J O N E. There you go. <laughs> Is that how you spell it, or that's how you want me to, like, how you look that's at it? That's how I want it pr- pronounced. Everyone, okay. I don't know what happened. A few years ago, it started. I almost didn't get on the airplane because everyone wants Joan, J O A N, to be Joanne, which is yeah. an extra N and an E. Mm-hmm. But then, and I don't like that name because hers is one syllable. Why should it be Jane and Joanne? It's supposed to be, you know, we had our own language when we were little <laughs> and we, we had our own names for each other Ugh. and she was dim and I was damn. And I think that was <laughs> negative. I think that's the damn part. <laughs> I'm no dummy. Let's put it that way. I got her to be. It's so damn before I was. So well, you are the oldest, so. <laughs> she's cool. the older one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She is the oldest one. She's like, uh-huh. she's no dummy. So. Uh, yes, I used to hit her with a hairbrush as well. Mm. And uh-huh. what we try to do is. <laughs> we try to. We try, we try very hard because in our family, we were the, the sheep, the black sheep. Yes. And yeah. they, they kept saying, oh, we don't have any problems. We all went for family therapy. Oh, yeah. And in sight, we know this. 
Mm-hmm. If you go to for family therapy, you tell that therapist why you're there, but you speak of you. Our family didn't get the lecture. So they all said, because of us. Well, every family therapist knows who's ever pointing the finger. Jane had to teach me this because the AA, those three <laughs> fingers are pointing. Back. I couldn't get it. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about that it's back. But that's what it is. So they looked bad on day one. You know, because we're the identified patients. We're the ones that, uh, first of all, went into the field, obviously, because when you go into the field, don't tell me that a certain percentage of, of us go into it looking for our own answers, mm-hmm. you know, right? And then, so we're the identified people because we also, I, I had an issue growing up with there were um, things you couldn't say outside of the family is I felt like it was just too much to remember. You can't say that, but you can say this. So mm-hmm. yeah, I but started, apparently anything about our life was fair. Fucking yeah. Game. So <laughs> other people, they had to be like, Oh, we don't suffer. So I started <laughs> making my, my life was a joke at one time. And I thought, well, people can hear it. I just won't bore you. I've done that to bore people to tears, but you know, a bartender once told me my life was worse than a country Western song. Yes. And he'd be right. You know, it was. Ooh, that's, that's bad. Oh, I, that I mean, was, it was a downer. It was a downer. But I don't care that everyone get knows. Date. He didn't get a date. He oh, he was, if, if he was trying to get a date, he shouldn't have said that if he was trying to get a date. That's a, that's I a bad wasn't. Thing. Oh, never mind. She <laughs> I wasn't. I was not trying. trying. Oh. He wanted to ask you out, maybe. Maybe, but not after he heard that. <laughs> you know, and we've both been suicidal before. Our <laughs> mother went to a psychic, and uh, the psychic said, boy, I'm worried about the one of your twins. And our mom said, me too. <laughs> and our mother said, yes, Jane has been very depressed for a long time. And the, that's Jane. Yeah. And our and the psychic, <laughs> psychic said, oh, I'm not worried about her. The other one is lethal. And do you know that I had access to my plan and it scared the shit out of me? I was going to yeah. go. And I try to tell people, it's like autopilot. My, my clients, too, if they were suicidal, it's yeah. almost as if you're, it's the best decision at the time and then you yeah. make it. So I'm just glad I'm here and that, um, you know, I did eventually get help. Mm. And and you have to look at your life sometimes uh, with a different point of view, mm-hmm. because if you, um, I call it programming, I programmed my brain to be, uh, to see everything as the glass is half empty. Mm-hmm. And, and it was actually a friend of mine, a coworker, but she was my best friend at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were smoking cigarettes on a second floor balcony. And she said to me, Jane, have you ever considered being grateful for what you have instead of complaining about what you don't have. And I wanted to pick her up and throw her right off that balcony because like, who would say <laughs> such a thing to me? I'm not that <laughs> right? Yeah. And anyway, I took it to heart. And then one time, one day my son said, you really can't take a joke, mom. Mm-hmm. And then oh, those are the two is. things. And I couldn't, I issualize. Oh, she was that person. Every, yeah. 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 Everything. You want to know why, though? Why? You, 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 here, you point your fingers at others because you think that looking at yourself is too difficult. Difficult, And it is because, like, AA will tell you three are pointing back. AA is Yeah, I should have gone, but I couldn't create my... Well, I wasn't severely addicted to cigarettes briefly, uh, like almost 10 years, but I consider that brief. Well, I just started yeah. smoking cigars, so... Mm. You are? Yeah, I, I enjoy a cigar, and I started about six months the day before my birthday, and 
I just enjoy it and it puts me in good company. But and I just for me smoking cigars made me uh, sit back and enjoy the moment. I always yeah. rush things. I always like when it, I, I try to get past the process. But smoking a cigar, you can't really just hot box it. You got to just take your time with it and just. Right. That's me. Just enjoy the moment. Yeah. Uh, I used to go and buy. Uh, I my ex-husband smoked cigars, and now he doesn't. But that used to be fun for if I was somewhere, if I was in a different part of the world, I would want to buy him like the best cigar ever. <laughs> but now he doesn't smoke, so I don't bring him home anything. I don't go anywhere anymore either. But yeah, although with COVID, no one does anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. So how how was COVID for you guys? Not bad because I we're Leos, and you know. Do you see we're on a couch right now? <laughs> the other thing somebody, we had this um, $400 business meeting during COVID because I wanted to see this woman for years, but she only did um, stuff for groups and around the world. It was hard to find her and she was a lot. And when COVID hit, I thought, well, I don't like what I'm doing anymore. Let's get this woman. And she said, face it, Joan, you and Jane, she's part medium, psychic, billionaire, She's um, self-help. She's and she's pretty, and she wears fucking dresses, and she's in France. Yeah, it's like, oh, let me try. You know what? You know what it is, is her life seems to be going yeah. so well. You might want to, you know, find out what it's all about and copy that. And she was right. <laughs> you know, in, in our book, we mentioned that sloths were who we aspired. You know how they go real slow. I yeah. loved that. They eventually got that shit done, but they didn't rush to get it done. Mm. So she said, face it, Joan, you and Jane can sit on a couch all day long. And yeah. we can't. Since birth, yeah. we didn't walk until we were 18 months old and somebody told us we had to start walking. Otherwise, <laughs> put us and, and just for you know, you know comparison, my son took his first step when he was a year old, so we sat for eight whole months extra. <laughs> Yeah, we were crawling a lot. Our dog said that we would just be there. She didn't know what to do with And us. we were watchdogs, and we screamed if a person came in the house. So what happened was she was sick when she was pregnant, and then she had us, but they wheeled her out because mm -hmm. she was unconscious and dying, but she didn't die. And then she thought we were a boy and a girl. So the nurses said, quick, we have to give the babies their last rights. What are their names? And, you know, no one had our names. So the nurses named us Joan and Jane or Jane and John and then gave us our last rites and then we made it and she kept the names. So that's our name. I got you. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I can sit here all day and listen to y'all talk. It's, it's kind huh? of cool. Yeah, you want to <laughs> cut us off and steer where you want to go because we're talking about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, um, so your, your twins, um, yeah. do you have any other siblings? Older sister Lori, born with I think all the, the serotonin. She, she was, had it all. She was born with the glass half full. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and despite a lot of adversity of her own, and she had to help take care of us. She was, she only was three just years really old. positive. And um, she is. She maintains a positivity that gets her places. Yeah, uh, and you know, and I don't mean financially so much as her. You know, she's used to getting what she wants, and maybe she's not aspiring to a lot, but she's positive, and then positivity comes to her. Yeah, I got you. And so, just three. So, what would you your relationship with her? Like, was she? At, well, first of all, is she was she ever jealous of y'all closeness because of 
being twins? Well, what she was yeah. jealous of was she had our parents for the first three years. So that <laughs> oh, yeah. Different, right? Yeah. And so then these twins come along, and we were sick, and Joan was sicker, et cetera. And Lori started um, holding her breath until she turned blue. I couldn't mm. hold my breath that in, long. in like <laughs> some type of retaliation, like, could you send these these things back? <laughs> get, them, get them out of the house, please. And um, well, back in the olden days, in the 60s, uh, the, um, the pediatrician who was also a twin who really messed up. Doctor, right? What he said to our parents, well, he did tell them that Lori needed some special attention by herself because just the fact that we were twins, even if we were the ugliest babies on earth, we get attention, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then it didn't, it didn't work. And so she, they ended up by because the doctor said, tell her that's a lovely color blue she's turning mm-hmm. and then she stopped and then she stopped because i guess after blue you know i think you do pass out but she performed for us and then we had to sit there like i didn't like the wizard of oz and cinderella and she sang all the songs now we were her like, audience oh she God. was the older sister put us in our places and said you better be my audience now i get yeah. that i understand that well and one more question about childhood what are you guys like are you are you competitive with each other try to compete with her she's the oldest she does everything first anyway and i follow but i mean i do joke i actually had sex first because you didn't need a college degree <laughs> 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 <I'm so hurt. laughs> well that's but a little that's bit really that's the only thing i did first that's, that's so i don't think so i i think that um competitive's not the word it could be used that's a nice word it's a yeah, nice word that's but, a decent word but the thing is is um so Lori, who um you know she's born with the class half full and she's positive and she's beautiful and she's more survival of the fittest she's mm-hmm. not very yeah, yeah yeah she's very symmetrical yes. very attractive cleans up very very well doesn't she's <laughs> yes. and she's older than <laughs> us and she's gorgeous mm-hmm. but um so if Lori had auburn hair i'd be like oh isn't that nice you look beautiful but i don't need auburn hair what do you mm-hmm. need but if joan has auburn yeah, yeah, hair yeah, yeah. i have to have it yeah, it's that weird mm-hmm. it's a weird you know if she like right now we're working on she has a pair of black ankle boots and mine i had to get on sale i didn't have to you know we all make our choices right <laughs> and i had i bought these on sale and they're just not right we don't know what color they are uh, they're like a purpley red mm-hmm. they're just not right but so our mother and her twin were our role models and one of them got a red pocketbook a purse at like a Macy's or something, mm-hmm. J.C. Penny Macy's. So the other twin has had to call, didn't have to, but it was a twin thing. Every Macy's in the United States looking for that purse, and she never got and it. And she never got it. So it's a it's it ruins it ruins your day. But not all twins are like this. We met the very first twins that were in an incubator. The incubator was made for them, I guess. And mm-hmm. we got to meet them and they were very well adjusted and they weren't like this. They didn't dress alike and they uh, had separate lives. Mm-hmm. But again, when we started out, they separated us instantaneously. So okay. not only did I lose my mother, I lost the stronger twin and then was left. And come to find out the reason I didn't like her my whole life was why aren't you helping to take care of me? Because, you know, apparently that's kind of stuff with twins helps. Yeah. So subconsciously, I well, was with, upset. With humans in general. That yeah, right, with humans in general. 
In right. humans, they took out human like touch out of medicine. Nobody else gets human touch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like human touch, but I deal with loneliness, so. <laughs> but yeah. Um, talk to me. So you both are or used to be therapists, so um, mm-hmm. and you think it's called twin therapy. Uh, can you ex- talk about that? Like, so you said. So I guess. Yes. Joanne. Joanne. Jo- jo- Joan. No, not Joan. All right. I got Joan. I remember your name because it's like my last name. And Jane. And Jane is like Jane Doe. Yeah, Jane. Jane. So you're the oldest. So I should ask you first about therapy because she said she always follows you. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Well, what we did was... um, you know, we, we we went to school and we learned what you learn in school. and Not at the same time. Not at the same first. time. Not at the same time. So I went first. But anyway, what happened was we decided we wanted to go into business together because we weren't that happy to wait. You know, Western psychiatry was leaning. And towards the end, and ta- I mean, insurance companies will block any type of creative thing you want to do I know. with yeah. clients. And unless you're independently wealthy, you couldn't do that. But what we did toward the end was um, we would do therapy with some co- clients together. Okay. And oh boy. And the, sometimes couples and families oh together. Oh my goodness, couples, clients, uh, families. And people were eating it up. They loved it. Yes, they, they did. They loved that there wasn't this this one dictator in the room. And I'm not saying that they're a dictator, but the more you play dress up <laughs> in, yes. in a role, mm-hmm. the more you're playing dress up in a role when the layman comes to you for help, whether it's psychiatry or something else, you know, it's very, very intimidating. Um, you know, we actually have what's called white coat syndrome. And it's oh, yeah, not we that, have it. We're not so afraid. I mean, we've been around nurses and doctors our, um, most of our lives. But what we realized was certain medical type of interventions will will bring us back to the incubator. And of course, in a, on a subconscious level, you're not going to deal with that unless you're going to do meditation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But back to the therapy, the, the people loved having the two of us. And what they also loved was that we could bicker a little bit to show the normalcy because Western psychiatry, everything is a little too... It, it's the role model is too prim and proper for probably yeah. over 50% of America. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, so we were called enmeshed by the staff that we might have worked with. We were called codependent. We, and we didn't care. We didn't care. They were just jealous. You know, yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, yeah, you whatever. know, we were You're different. Jealous. We were different. We bickered here and there. Our parents bickered every day on a mild level. And, um, and laughed every and laughed day. and laughed and there's a there was a little bit of i don't know if you've ever seen seinfeld a little bit of it yes a little bit of seinfeld because i guess that's kind of inappropriate today because you know well <laughs> elaine hit people i mean not badly <laughs> um, you know everybody was a little inappropriate here and there but the way george and um jerry the things that some of them would say like our family would say things like different okay. things mm-hmm. And it was all okay because everyone knew at the end of the day we loved each other. And we branded, or whatever that's called, therapy twins because at the time, we don't have to do it anymore, I don't think. But at the time, a physical therapist wanted their chair that was going to help physical disabilities to be called 
therapy twins. And I didn't know why, but I thought, oh no, we're going to have to take that. We were first. I think we were given the choice and we got it instead of, I'm so sorry about the physical therapist, but we had been called, patients called us that. We were on a radio show and somebody walked by and said, look, it's the therapy twins. So that's where we got it. We didn't make it up ourselves. But then on Twitter, everybody thought we were rap musicians, if you can believe <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And it was not <laughs> rapping twins. And yeah. I thought, ha, huh, you know, it's spelled the same. So a lot of rap artists started to follow us. And then when they found out with therapy twins, I don't think they followed us anymore. But that's too bad. The SLOs, guys, are hilarious to me. But so um, you guys dealt with mental issues yourself right oh gosh yeah like i said i was born with the glass half empty and i was a depressed I, it's so funny i'm the kind of person that i don't even remember most of high school let alone mm. the elementary school i barely remember it because in kindergarten <laughs> this is so in kindergarten apparently we, you play something called musical chairs oh, yeah. do you ever have that right yeah Right. And then yeah. always taking one chair away. So some one person gets out. Well, I didn't realize I was the last person and I was out and I quickly jumped and uh, to sit down. I sat on a, a little boy's lap and that was the end of it. I think I got made fun of and I zoned out for the rest of uh, <laughs> for the rest of school, for the rest of my schooling. Was, yeah, I think that was like that for my middle school. I don't remember too much about middle school. I love high school. Well, kind of like high school, but middle school, it was just, I hated it. Um, because I, I just think it was, it's just a, I don't know how to explain it. It was just too much sometimes. It was just going to a new school. It was bigger school. You had more yeah. classes and everything like that. And now you um, being put together with other, other school districts. Like, so I didn't like it, but when I got to, when I got to high school, I was used to it and I was good, but yeah. I, I Our mother that. worked at the high school, so I felt wonderful that she was in the cafeteria. I would hate if my mom worked at the school. I'd be in trouble so much. <laughs> I we it, were overall good kids, if I want to say we didn't get in trouble. Now, granted, yes, we, we, did. we did get in trouble. Uh, we um, were arrested for larceny. We, we waited until we were 18, of course, so we could be, you know, arrested. arrested oh, and we up. used our AR. Like, who does that? I wish I didn't use that because then you could have the accelerated rehabilitation on another one. So now you got to be good again because you already used it. Yeah. Sure. Then we threw yeah. rocks at cars a lot, which is really dangerous. Like, what was wrong with us? We <laughs> just got big rocks and started throwing them. The lady, her, she screeched her car and came running in like, no one know, knew what was wrong with us, but we didn't either. We didn't either. And, and it, I thought my adult trauma made me into that messy fuck nut. But really, when you think back on it, the incubator was like right after birth for 30 days. Mm. We were incarcerated in glass walls. No, this. Mm. Jane says in 1960, uh, well, a doctor was telling us, this is what he said. Oh, that's why you don't sleep. And we're thinking, oh, God, I don't remember the last time I slept. Yeah. Why don't I sleep? He said in 1960, fluorescent lights weren't turned off in the hospitals. He oh. said your brains never knew or learned how to produce melatonin. Oh, wow. I ended up working the night shift for 10 years because I thought, well, might as well make money. I'm up. Might as well. You know. <laughs> so they say it's it, really bad. It wasn't yeah. until the 70s where nurses 
I guess that worked with infants said this is wrong. You know, mm -hmm. um, the babies need contact with their mother or father or whoever their primary caretaker is. And that's when some sometime in the 70s, I guess, mommies and daddies got to go in and touch and they dimmed the lights. Babies. And I yeah. remember doing critical care in the 80s and being taught that and if I was doing the night shift, you know, you got to think about give, giving those people their circadian rhythm because it's going to really mess people up. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's tough without sleep. Yeah. And then when you go through menopause, God wants you to be a watchdog anyway, so you're up again. It's like, this is wonderful. I'm going to get those <laughs> toothpicks pretty soon just to keep my ass open. I heard that. I don't, I don't sleep good. Actually, I sleep better in the daytime than at nighttime for the most part. Plus, I am. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, Me too. I could fall asleep in it. I've been sleeping good, so I don't go to sleep anywhere before 12 o'clock midnight every night. It's either 12 to 2, 12, between 12, 3, and until like 9 o'clock in the morning and I'm pretty much back up. Yeah. And we should try that. Yeah, we should. Well, on the night shift, I got a break at about four in the morning, maybe mm -hmm. sometimes five to six. Mm -hmm. They don't really do that anymore. And that's when I notice when I'm in my bed is when I notice, oh, it's not even five yet. That's why I haven't fallen asleep. And I got to get out of that. But how do you get out of that? It's nothing. I'm, I'm on the pro marijuana program, but, you know, Indica keeps me awake. Everything keeps me awake. We're really odd. We would joke that ambient, we could operate heavy machinery on ambient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. That's no good. I enjoy my sleep. Yeah. So, and I need it because I have muscle disease. So I, I need my sleep big time. So um, what got you into like, you guys, are, I love you guys vibe and just the laughing and joking. It's like, I'm enjoying it. Like, okay. how do you like, Keep a good spirit. I guess I'm just saying keep a good spirit and just learn. How it's to hard to keep a good spirit because sometimes when you really look at life, I don't even want to look at it because some of the um, <clears throat> I'm the fair twin. I always loved sharing. And when I see other people can't share or don't want other people to have what they have, I'm just get angry. So sometimes I can't watch the news. And <clears throat> it was a social worker who said, Joan, you do realize that positive affirmations are lies. And I thought, okay, I could start lying to myself. So how I keep a good spirit is if I'm really, really down, I'll repeat things that are complete lies. You know, if my back hurts, because it does, I'll say, oh my God, my back feels amazing. And at first people would say, really? And they're ruining, you're ruining my vibe. Like if you really want the truth, no, it, it hurts. But I'll just say that. Because the more you say something, the more good things start to come. Because Lori, our sister, it's like, what do you do again, Lori? You just say it and it and it appears, you know. I looked at her like, are you kidding me? I just couldn't believe what was coming out of her mouth. But she, it worked for her. She was going to get gastritis. And it said something, maybe felt you feel controlled by others. And she was like, well, screw that. And she went home and started affirming. No, that's not true. I'm sorry, did I say something? Oh, I thought I heard a boom. <laughs> I thought I heard a boom. You know what I think? Ghost of like Christmas past okay. or something. Okay. Talking to you. Anyway, I'm very negative 
by nature. So I have to say, wait, accept her sense of humor. She sense was humor. born with a sense of humor, like our father. Mm-hmm. And everybody said, including myself, because our father could be uh, cranky or, you know, I, I sometimes I say things about our father and Lori's like, I can't believe you said that. So he could be a little cranky here and there, irritable. He's dead too. And he passed away. So I got to say all the good stuff, right? So anyway, but his sense of humor is what saved him. And everyone said it. He had this ability to have a sense of humor. And Joan has that. I unfortunately have, a, you know, maybe a mild sarcastic sense of humor. So like, for example, this morning I woke up pretty down, you know, to the point where I'm joking with our cousin that the next thing I'm going to text Barbara is I'm going to go back to bed and I am literally going to get up on the other side of the bed because <laughs> I got up on the wrong side this morning. It's the same side I get up every morning, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to start rolling over and get up over there. But what that meant to me was I, I had a whole distorted, devastating picture of this relationship I have. My son is separating a little bit from me, which is normal. He's 32. But he's blossoming doing it, right? So I'm thinking, in my head, I start thinking, oh, who does he think he is? I'm his mother. And if he's going to treat me the way his father treated his mother, you know, I'm making up all this stuff. And then in my head, I'm like, you have to stop. You have to stop. So the first thing I do is any mantra that's going to uh, uh, just trip me up, anything I got to change it. I got to change it. It's pathetic. And it's sad, but I have to do it as human beings. We have to do this. So I did. And, you know, life is better. You know, you get to talk it out a little. But if you don't change back, take a step back and kind of change your point of view about what's happening. Mm -hmm. Somebody once said to me, Jane, it's not what children go through. This is about parenting. Someone, someone wise said to me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jane, it's not what children go through in life it's how the grown-ups help them deal with it and i'm like oh yeah right right yeah and we call that the zebra effect because you know i love the animals and i watch animals all the time and the zebra if the lion is going to get one of them it could be another animal like a moose or something you know if that zebra or moose lives what they do is they they coddle that animal bring it back and they nurture that animal back if it's going to live and i noticed in the hospital if you go into the hospital because i've had surgeries and stuff they microwave blankets for you they call you honey they're so nice they well maybe they don't touch us anymore but you go in psych (laughs) you go go ahead and get an admission in psychiatry today i mean i've been out of inpatient since 06 but you know, you vomit. Oh, you clean that up yourself. Like what? I'm thinking. Oh, sorry. What? They're they're or they're that's, screaming. That's not everywhere. Thank they're goodness. screaming, mm. and you know, or or you know, go off when because every psych patient who goes off is afraid, like the animal. The animal's not going to just. They're afraid. So you know, instead of backing down and saying, "This is how I was taught," am I scaring you? I would say to the patient, "Am I scaring you?" They would always say yes. When I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I'm fucking shitting my pants here. You're, you're, how big are you? And I'm afraid of you. And you have a piece of a chair. But they were always the frightened ones. And now today, they want to sue patients and, and oh, press charges against patients. And it's just not going well. Psychiatry is, they're, they're hoping and hoping that it's still a patient-doctor relationship. When we found out that in the 50s, 
the DSM, the Bible, the psychiatric Bible that we diagnose people with, was really a reaction to just human trauma. And, and we're not saying parents are beating their kids. I think people said, what are you talking about? I'm a bad mother. No, I said a reaction. It could have been a volcano that you were there or 9-11. Whoa, how easily we forget. You mm -hmm. look at people jumping out of a window to your death. You think you're not going to have an issue after that? Anywho, it was a reaction to human trauma, most mental illness. So people are stri uh, grasping like, oh, isn't it a chemical brain? Is it a broken brain? Why do we focus on that instead of offering the zebra effect? Why do we want to know, did you take your meds today? That's a button pusher. No, I didn't. I, I kicked them. <laughs> I definitely understand. I get you with that. That's, I agree with you. I'm just I'm enjoying. I forget that I have to ask questions. At the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll go on and on. Like, what? What are you talking about? Well, I I enjoy it. these are the conversations I like. If I can get, sometimes you you interview people and it's just like, oh, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I want to say about comedy, Jimmy O'Lang, that little boy comic, uh, comic. What are they called? Comedians. He's a comedian. He said something of, to the effect of when he was being bullied or made fun of, he realized that if I make that guy or that girl laugh, people aren't going to do it to me again. So I was thinking back because Jane said, I didn't think you were funny, Joan, when you were damn, you know, or when did you get the sense of humor? So I started thinking back on it. Yeah. And it, I noticed, I think it was um, junior high. It was bad was junior high and I think I started making people laugh. High school, I can narrow it down to the two people I was afraid of. One was a girl, one was a boy. No, I'm not gonna say it on air. Air, <laughs> um, it was that group, they like, it's a very small town. Everybody knows each other that. But yeah, I think that's what I did is I started making people laugh and I have stand up routines in my room and I hear, then I laugh out loud. I don't know how I got that. I'm sorry. I think I was born with that. Sorry, everybody. I can make myself <laughs> she laugh. She was born with it. Our father had. So have you ever yeah. wanted to go do stand up? I did, but you know, that's so cute. The, the generation Z or whatever they're talking about, crippling anxiety. Mm -hmm. Been there, done that. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to speak. You know how there was i was mugged in poughkeepsie and after he hit me here i think it was over an hour nothing came out of my mouth so mm. when i'm fearful it's like I, it's not i'm not gonna you know i could speak but you'd hear it i wouldn't be funny yeah. you know people keep saying go down the street to the comedy show the twins you can do an interactive audience show because sometimes we have people peeing their pants or falling off chairs mm -hmm. but um it has to be spontaneous yeah it has to be otherwise we're not funny we've tried to do it where it wasn't ad lib and no uh, something happens to her comedy yeah something happens and, to and it. you know what then you then she's relying on me and how many times do i have to tell you i wasn't born with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not I, you know i just work off of her i got you well me doing a podcast this this is a uh... It gets me out of my comfort zone, and I used to do it with a buddy of mine. And so, if I would freeze up, I could just look at him, and he right. would just go ahead and talk. Yeah. But um, he's not doing it anymore. Um, huh. But he he has some things going on in his life. This is, I I kind of love to do this, so I was like, well, I'm gonna try to see out of my comfort zone and keep doing it. But um, it was easy when he was here because I could just 
All right, Chris, right. I'm gonna need you to take over for a minute. So yes. And, well, we're um, used to just one person like that with you, like, and so the trio. But we don't mind if you had another person. Mm. But we are. This is the the dynamic of our upbringing. You know, Lori. Oh, I should have gone that way, Jane. Jane. <laughs> yeah. So our our mom was a twin too, and she had no mother. So she watched a television show to learn how to be a mother. And unfortunately, there weren't many shows back then. Mm -hmm. It was called the Donna Reed Show. And it was all about a table being so clean. It was white America. It was so bad that every day was just cleaning. And it was a lot of clean. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like I, I can not barely clean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't dust every, you know, any so, of that. Yeah, yeah. I, I say uh, it's funny I tell people, and I like to tell people in the, the military, and it, I, I guess it gives them anxiety. They look at me like I'm dumb, but uh, growing up, my dad was in the Army, so uh-huh. we, had to make our, we had to make our bed up every day. So I say when I got older and had my own place, I wasn't going to make my bed up. And yeah. I never made my bed up since. Actually, they say don't do it now. <laughs> Because why? It's something about the sunlight yeah, has to hit, the sunlight it. to hit it. That's it. There's, there's always something that they say. Like it's something yeah. they don't, yes. oh, don't do this now. Like yeah, well. isn't that silly? And people did it for years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were fine. Yeah. yeah. So um, does oh, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say our parents grew up. A it, terrible it, saying. The saying it was spare the rod, spoil the child. So, and I got to say, I did time out with my kid. I was so into, I am not spanking and I'm doing time out. And then Adam got older and I thought, my God, (laughs) (laughs) time time out. Thank God I only had three rules. Time out uh, produces so much more guilt. Obviously spanking, you don't want to hit too hard, but. I don't know. I'm up. For I have to put a discipline is teaching. Yeah, no, that one, no one even knows it. How oh, yeah, get... you want to teach your children, mm. teach them. But discipline without the teaching is an oxymoron. And, uh, and a lot of people, and that's when I, I have a problem when I see, because I used to work at Walmart. Yeah. Like parents just yell at the kids, but it, there's not any like, you're not, you're not teaching them. They're not learning anything. Right. And you get used to somebody yelling. Like, all you doing is yelling. Like, I can deal with you yelling. Right. <laughs> but there's no teaching. And that's when I get a problem with parents. I, I just think it's kind of lazy. And I'm not saying, like, uh, I'm not a parent myself. Hopefully one day I will be one. But um, I just think a lot of parents are quite lazy sometimes with their parenting and their discipline. Yes. Well, you know, anybody can have a child. And if you think about it, we think we're the best in the top of everything and the most intelligent. A worm, I think, can have a child by itself. I think a worm. (laughs) (laughs) So when people go, oh my God, this is a miracle. Well, the worm's a better miracle, I think. It's more of a miracle if you can do it without the whatever they're missing. I don't know, is a worm a unisex? I'd have to look that up. I'm like, yeah, it's the wrong person, because I... (laughs) I really don't know, but I think I read that, because you know, when you don't have parents, parents, when you're not a parent, sometimes you best shut the fuck up because, you know, I don't, I never had kids. So why would I ever say, oh, you know, I probably wouldn't have done that. And then you get daggered to mm-hmm. death because you've never been a parent. Well, parents tend to, uh, I maybe, I don't know why. I don't know why, but parents tend to get super defensive mm-hmm. <laughs> really fast if somebody wants to comment. 
on, you know, did you really, do you think you should maybe, and you know, what we don't do, we don't have these um, multi-generational families anymore. I mean, we do, but everything is so busy. Everybody's struggling. You know, when my kid was little, I chose to work part time and mm -hmm. struggle more financially. So we lived in like when the young boy came over the house and said, oh, my God, Adam, is this your bedroom? Like, it's the best bedroom I have ever seen in my <laughs> it life. The it was place. the whole apartment. <laughs> 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 Wow. Where we are now, the other night, I was like, wow, I think in an emergency, like six families could be here. Like the room is so big that where we are, it's a two bedroom, two bathroom condo. And I want to thank my parents for having it because otherwise I was going to be homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, I think, yeah, I didn't lose times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a time limit, but I like to keep a know what the time is. Yes. Um, but I think this might be one or two questions. Um, yes. I'm sorry. This is this is the I'm an awkward person sometimes. This is why I get anxiety when I do this. <laughs> but um, so does mental like health mental issues running in your guys' family? Because I, well, I, no one will admit it. Um, we're the only ones that will admit it. Um, and they didn't have as uh, hard of a, a start either. You know, I was ha I was having seizures back in that at that time. They put a spoon in your mouth. Why again? I said it they, wrong the other they, night. They used to think you'd swallow your, the tongue. So oh, now they don't. And now do now they know that a spoon. I mean, in the hospitals, they would use tongue blades, those wooden things. It looks like a mm. popsicle stick. Yeah. But they know that you could do more mouth trauma. And most people just bite their tongue or their cheek. Um, and you so know, they don't do that because it would further traumatize. And, 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 you know, it's a problem for me because <laughs> I have... I have mouth issues, like okay. a spoon and, and the wooden thing in my mouth. So if, if a human being <clears throat> wants to be in a relationship with me, with me and in any way feels like a spoon or like if your tongue is hard, like, I'm sorry, it can't be near me. <laughs> and it's an issue. And I, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, it was the adult rape or mm -hmm. the adult mugging, mm -hmm. you know, now or the adult airplane that almost fell into the ocean that I got wrong as well. It was a different what Joan, ocean. Joan was it? likes to say it, it was the Pacific Ocean. It sounds better. It, it was the Atlantic. <laughs> it was the Atlantic. But, you know, I think you can I think you can die with if any time a plan a plane is is leaving the sky, Joan, whether it's land or the ocean. And it wasn't until I at the end of our practice, what we were doing is we were trying to get as many people in Connecticut on the medical marijuana program as possible, which what they needed was a PTSD diagnosis. Okay. And that was really easy because one of my uh, master's thesis was about something to do with that. And it had, I want to tell this before I forget, if a person, and I'm pro-choice, if a person has a, a woman has an abortion and that baby, she's making the decision and that baby was yours, mm -hmm. And you didn't want that to happen and you felt like, well, you had no choice. You couldn't stop her. That's actually under PTSD in Connecticut. It's in the um, it was in one of the places. And mm -hmm. it really struck me. So people think military 
um, you know, all this thing like, oh, I couldn't possibly have PTSD. Of course you could. And unfortunately, the body remembers and then we don't get it treated because within six months, if you have that zebra effect, most people it should resolve. Oh, yeah. Most, yeah. And, but none and of us have supposed to resolve. But I don't think our society is allowing and the culture it. culture is allowing it anymore. And and now, you know, we just, Joan just said something about sudden si loss of a job. Scientists um, are realizing that there's more traits being passed on than previously thought. I mean, they know that things get passed on. Well, they believe they in, know. in DNA, but they don't believe in, and this is rough what I'm going to bring up because I want somebody else to read it like yourself and then explain it to me because I have a little ADD there from trauma, I think. But the Willie Lynch letter, I the, so these people that we were doing, we were trying to get people on the marijuana program and we come to find out Jane has symptoms of people that have been in solitary confinement incarcerated. Mm -hmm. And I had symptoms, this I found interesting. If you had three years incarcerated, you acted more like Jane. <laughs> but if you had half your life, ooh, yeah, they acted very bad like me. And I made people laugh so hard because I don't even know how I got through my life with the attitude, the aggressive, the violent way about me that my ex-husband and my sisters said, we would rather be physically assaulted than have you your words. Like my words were assaultive as well. Wow. Anyway, the medical program did help. Is is helping amazingly for me. Amazing. But our mother did have depression. Our father yeah. probably had depression, but his he had such bad PTSD. It presented more like Joan. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of um, irritable. She said well, aggressive. We scared and, children and you know, things like that. Dogs yeah. had nothing on us. You know, you get a vicious dog near me, I think they're going to run because I'll probably, you know, I <laughs> probably not want to harm the dog. But my brain immediately, I'm feeding the dog under the table. My nephew was her son. Joni, why would you do that? They told us not to feed the dog when we came in. And I said, <laughs> did you see the dog with the doll in his in his jaw shaking it like ripping the neck off <laughs> when that fucking dog goes off it's not killing me i was feeding it everything under the table and i that i'm in survival mode all the time marijuana has allowed me to not try to survive every day it, it's crazy and america is and she so so she means she lives i live bit. now she lives now. yeah 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 i i i get that um and I can stand being in the room with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see the and, face. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> well, I, I, I interviewed a guy that did CBD, and I, 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 he did with the package. And it was cool. It, it calmed my anxiety down and everything like that. But I usually don't use it now because I've never been a big smoker, so nicotine and stuff wasn't – I never got that. But when I started smoking cigars, that nicotine – was able to chill me out and that anxiety, I wouldn't really have the anxiety too much, but I guess once my body get used to that nicotine, I'm probably going to have to probably figure something else out. But <laughs> I, the reason why I asked that is because, um, about the family is because uh, I am 37, I have a 35 year old brother, and then I have a, actually, so she's 21, 20, and 19. And mm -hmm. I, see, I see a lot of um, is, issues with them. And I always have my problems, but it's just like, you know, 
I, you, grew, you grew up in a, a town where it's just like, you just deal with them. I'm trying to deal with those plus being in the wheelchair and, and, and navigating. So it was very hard on me, but I kept it quiet. So like I'm just now in my life starting to deal with a lot of those things because like I tell people, people think that when I was younger, mm-hmm. that I was a happy kid. But inside, I was miserable. I was very unhappy. I was mad. I was raging all the time. And I was like, I mean, I, just, I didn't know how to be myself as a little kid. I didn't, I didn't because all my friends could run, play, play basketball, football, and I had to sit on the sideline. So it's like, where do I put this emotion as a little kid? I didn't even know how to talk to people. So, um, But I think I was a little aggressive, too, sometimes. So. I just say that, but in my family, I'm starting to see a lot of uh, mental things. I have a my 20 year old brother. He just got diagnosed, I think, last year with schizophrenia. Um, and my other brother, he takes medicine now. So um, I don't think I'm that bad while they take medicine, but it's just like now, now they're older and I can talk to them more. I see a lot of some some of those things in. I think my grandmother, my mom's side, she was, she did have schizophrenia, so, yeah. Did she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, and Jane talks a lot about it, too, with the passage of DNA into the baby. But yeah. when you when you think about, um, I don't know if you've read the Willie Lynch letter, but it was the making of a slave. Mm-hmm. And I we've been on English podcasts, and I, have, I forgot to ask them about Willie Lynch, because Colonel Lynch was from England or the UK. Mm-hmm. And as Americans, we brought that nasty person, good people do bad things, mm-hmm. uh, here to uh, control the slaves mm-hmm. because we were killing them. I wasn't, but terrible people were killing them. And Willie Lynch said was, you don't get any money uh, for a dead slave. And it's such an upsetting book because one, it's not, uh, no one gets to read it. You have to be told by somebody that read it. I never even heard of it. And it has about the mother has to, the female slave has to be pregnant at the time during this experiment and have another little one. Mm. And then what they do is they kill the strongest slave in front of, this woman who's pregnant and has a little one and willie said willie lynch said it'll self-perpetuate you'll never have to have a watch dog or a person who's watching the slaves because she and her dna want her children to survive she's going to raise that woman to be submissive and raise that man to not rise up so mm-hmm. if dna really is i keep looking at her because i'm barren never had a kid thank you god thank <laughs> god because i was aggressive i probably would have been arrested dcf would have been involved because i was too aggressive Although mm-hmm. I didn't beat animals, but whatever. Anyway, I look at her because that DNA goes into the baby. So Willie Lynch, I don't even know how did they know. Well, they only knew because of experimenting with cruelty, I guess. And how did they know that that would perpetuate that kind of shit? Now, I want somebody else to read it because horses will not be mean to human beings. And what I think I read was they had to tie the guy to the two horses, his legs, and they had to light the, the man the slave on fire because otherwise the horses would never pull a human being apart. They just will not do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think would happen. But if Jane or my ex-husband could read it as well, it, it keeps me up at night. I'm very upset about the Willie Lynch letter and what they would do to this woman, well, an entire people. But that woman, she was, pre- and they're perpetuating 
submissive mm. slaves. It's disgusting. Well, when you think about it, if a woman is pregnant, all of a sudden she has to uh, be concerned about the well-being. Um, you know, I was lucky. My cravings when I was pregnant were like a fruit salad, stuff like mm. that, whole wheat, whole grains and stuff. So I was kind of lucky, but not raw meat. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we grew up with we rosemary. rosemary. Thing. It was rosemary. Yeah, we grew up with a lot of horses. So then, but then when you have a child, I remember thinking, I can't go on vacation with just me and my child because, of course, it was an excuse too. Because what do I? I do live in. You know, I could have gone to Disney World where everybody, even if you drop your wallet, everyone's nice. They used to be anyway, yeah, and they'll they give you your money anymore. back. But then when you think about yourself with a child, you are a target because uh, uh, you're, you would do anything to protect the child. So, but what science did prove is there is a passage of DNA. You know, we've always known it, but they keep coming up with these things because there were those twin studies that we always heard about where twins were um, separated at birth and then they find each other when they're grownups. And they, oh my goodness, uh, science, the scientific community said, oh my God, can you believe they have similar traits? I know. You know, they both like oranges or they both like motorcycles. <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Or they both, and they yeah. keep trying to prove it and prove it and prove it. And But I guess what, what the point is, is that even emotions can be passed down. Yeah. Like depression yeah. and anxiety. So, just like a physical disability can be passed down an emotional disability, you know, that's why families, you can track the styles of families. I mean, if you think about it, it is the one, an egg and a sperm. There's a lot of DNA in both and it creates a baby, another human made up from these two jamokes over here. Yeah. And you get, you know, you get Adam, <laughs> my, my baby Adam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I definitely agree um, with you saying about that being passed down. Um, I never, I, I, I don't know the whole thing, but I know about the book and like some situations. But I do my research a lot about that. Uh, what is it called again? Because actually, I'm about to put it in my notes. Uh, Willie Lynch letter: The Making of a Slave. Either that or the Willie Lynch letter. It is right on Amazon. And okay. It was um. Boy, the school teachers that were able to come across it said wonderful things about it. Because, you know, I want real history taught. Because if real history was taught, do you know how interesting it is? The thing about Germany is when we were growing up, it was so bad because of um, the whole the Jewish World War II Holocaust. It was so bad that if somebody was German, they didn't tell you in school. <gasps> it was like the shame of being German. And one of our, our sister's friends was saying, I'm German because I was bringing up Germany and how much I respect them. Why? Because Jane went out on a date with a German guy. Oh, God. And he, and he Oh, he my said, God. I was in my 30s. Do you know what I said to him? This is so embarrassing. This is embarrassing. I didn't now, mean to do that. Given the fact that our country, we came here and annihilated the Native Americans. And first, then, yeah. the first thing we did, and then we took... Africans and enslaved them. So given that the whole world knows that about yes. us, okay, I say to this gentleman, 
very nice looking German man. <laughs> oh, and other countries learn about all that shit. Like they are, they knew that Hitler studied us mm-hmm. because of the way we annihilated the Native Americans, and he was studying us to get rid of Jews. Like it's mm-hmm. hilarious. People don't know that. So I said something to him like, "What's it like growing up um, as a German because of that horrible, <laughs> the horrible thing you guys?" <laughs> 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 I can't picture him, but I remember him shaking him, his head and saying, you Americans, he said, we were taught in school how hor- what the horrors of our ancestors did. We were taught not to do it. Yeah, never repeat it. And don't repeat it. And what we do is we, we sweep everything under the rug and we don't yes. really say it. And then yes. when people get violent, Mm-hmm. You know, Aretha Franklin in the movie said something about protesting that, you know, if you're not going to hear what we have to say about how horrible this is, we are going to do something a little mm-hmm. She's I'm bastardizing her statement. But, you know, if you don't listen and validate and then make amends, how are we moving forward? No, and we will not admit any of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's trickle down effect because um, when they say the trickle down effect, you know, um, oh, this woman once said there are no bad children, just bad parents, and I think parents, if they were holding guns, would have shot her at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. But just like there are no bad animals, it's just we didn't train when, them. When, cats a, when, and a, dogs. when a corporation is evil, you'll see that there's low productivity. People are stealing from the company, even if it's the post-its and this and that. And then when you have this lovely company that's treating everybody with respect, you see wonderful productivity. And that's like within a family unit or a relationship. If you don't validate the other person's feelings and, and make amends or try to compromise and be compassionate and stuff, it doesn't work out. But as a country, we can't do it. Well, we won't even admit that little bit. And then we won't also won't admit that 25. My, my ex-husband has three degrees from Yale, and he says oh. that over time, for some reason in this country, it's been fairly consistent that 25 percent of children live in poverty or are hungry so why would we allow that for decade after decade if we know that there are children that are hungry and we know as adults that when we get hungry we're we need food and we don't want to go to bed hungry why are we comfortable i have no kids but why are we comfortable with children being hungry so we must hate certain children we don't like them and no one wants to hear any of that yeah you're definitely right about that I can't agree more with you on that. But I was, um, before I leave, though, I wanted to go back to about yes. the DNA and things like that. Um, mm. I usually don't like to go on this topic, but if you guys go on it, that's fine. Um, right. Because, I, no, no, I don't care. It's just, I, um, yeah, I just try to, I, I don't know anybody's beliefs or what they think is right or wrong. Not that anything is right or wrong, but. Right. Um, so when you bring it up, I'll have my opinions, but like, talk to about the generational thing, especially in a black household and, and, and being a black man, like you, you look, there's a lot of generational curses because of kind of what happened. And you were talking about with the slave and everything. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so those, some of those things that are still in the household, like from generation to generation, if you have a man in the house and he bears all this, that's why I tell my friends, like, uh, my friend Chris, I used to do this uh, podcast with me. I was like, honestly, growing up, I only see my dad cry 
outside of going to church, crying in church, maybe one or two times in my life. Yep. So, you know, growing up, who's, who's your first person? Like, yeah, usually the dad is the first, like, hero or the person you look up to the most. And you kind of, like, imitate what he does. So if he doesn't cry, if you don't see him cry, you won't cry. If he if he's doing this, you do what he does because you think what he's doing is cool. So the it's lack of emotion, not going through like not working out, working through things is really hurt us. Um, and I'm just not learning how to feel things. You know, if I Luke, I want to listen to this. I read this experiment and I thought I found it so interesting. And it's about DNA. So they had these, of course, they were mice and mice make terrific mothers. I, we have been told this throughout because a lot of research is done on mice. And so the people that observe mice, they yes. are wonderful, <clears throat> wonderful family units and stuff. So they got all these mice, um, women, I'm sorry, they were female mice. And what they did was they would, um, shine a, a red blinking light i believe it was it was a red blinking light and every time mm. that red light was blinking they would give an electrical shock mm. to the point where even if they didn't give the shock the the female mice would cringe and be expecting it with every time they saw this light now then they take the light away they take the electrical shock away they get the mice pregnant Ugh. Well, somebody did. Somebody, okay, okay. and then the, they have a normal pregnancy. They deliver their babies. They're nurturing. They're feeding, etc. Right? Mm -hmm. Then they start the red, the blinking red light, and these baby mice that never experienced it were cringing as if they were being um, shocked, electrocuted. Oh wow! So talk about this. So I had the opportunity to be um, in a classroom with a woman who was older than me and her somebody aunt or mother or somebody was in one of the concentration camps during World War II. Mm -hmm. The anxiety that this girl, woman, allowed us to see and talk about with her, mm -hmm. I found, I've never been in a concentration camp Thank God, right? I never experienced that type of trauma. But to have that passed on, I mean, it almost gives Woody Allen, instead of Woody Allen getting a laugh, you might be like, my God, your ancestors have really struggled mm -hmm. because. Why did you mention him? He happens to be Jewish oh. and he's a bit of a comedian. Oh. He's, I know he's a director and <laughs> right. all, I know his movies it was and stuff. Over my head. Woody <laughs> Allen is considered for some people <laughs> right, 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 funny. Right. Okay, right. You could say right. Billy Crystal. Right, right, right. But anyway, okay. it is passed on. Yeah. And so with slaves, I mean, this this is a big point because there are people that they don't have a clue on how to help and solve this. Mm. Unfortunately, they're not going to be listening to all the experts and, and who's talking about the DNA and stuff. But yeah. if we don't mix it, you know, it's not science or religion or science or uh, spirituality it's science and and mm -hmm. if we don't combine you know people think science is a hundred percent there's very little science that's a hundred percent accurate mm -hmm. most of a it, cake making a cake if you do it the same way same time <laughs> i got an a 
Somebody <laughs> helped me with that. And it was all these cops. It was a forensic science course. All these cops had all these experiments. And I got the A and it was cooking. They were blown away. It yeah. was baking. Because baking. cooking, you're not going to ruin your not dinner. It. It's yeah. baking. You don't measure right. everything. Yeah. But yes, like look at our two rockets. They had the failed launch. You know, Joan and I are here in Florida. I wanted to go outside and see a rocket yeah. go up because they say anywhere in Florida, you can see it. Yeah. Well, it failed twice. What well, does that mean? That means the science was incorrect oh, right. or they didn't do it correctly. But how many times do you read the article? Like we were just talking about, oh, more traits are passed on than we once believed. Well, what they're saying is the science changed. We proved this, but now we're proving that. And did you notice in the news, all it's all about trauma? That's because they saw the same article we did. After we retired or got kicked out of the profession, however you want to see that, uh, it was that uh, trauma was why people had depression, anxiety. And this was hard for me even to believe. And schizophrenia. Yes, because we've been told it's so biological. But when you think back, we were nurses in the early 80s. And back then, the patients that were, were in that inpatient hospitalization that was wonderful and kind, those doctors who went all around the world, they were studying schizophrenia and they, they kept, we as a nurse, you had to be in on the intake so that nobody's raping anybody. That whole thing, there's got to be a third person just sitting there silently. They explored trauma with the schizophrenics to the point where I'm thinking, where are you going with this? But it was. So in 1953, the DSM said that all of these in psychiatric illnesses if you dig deep enough, evolved through trauma because your body can't handle certain amounts of stress. Eventually, you're going to go psychotic. Yeah. You will. So the belief, the ahead. belief why ten people could it be um, held up, held by gunpoint. Yes, like ten people are held by gunpoint, but only eight of them have symptoms of PTSD. What happened with the other two? And I say they're not American because those other two are from a country where that they, they are nurtured and they have a you know they don't want for health insurance, they don't want for food, mm -hmm. they've got the education, etc. So what happened? What I'm seeing, and I'm so glad we brought this up, and I'm seeing we need more mental health uh, providers, we need more mental health services, we need more. Uh, um, allowing for mental health, mental health, mental health. We're forgetting it. Yes, absolutely true. But what we need mm. is a society yeah. that yeah. supports their their uh, subjects or their humans in this, for the people. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what I, we uh, need. I agree with you. Well, I think that's all I have for you guys today. <laughs> uh, I do. I, I wish I could talk to you guys for another couple of hours. I y'all. I don't want to end this, and that's not a lot of times I don't want to end this. But oh, uh, <laughs> but I, I will say I don't know if you guys knew this today, and but Queen Elizabeth has passed away today. Oh, we just found that out. Somebody yeah. texted it. I didn't even see it. Oh, I yeah. thought you texted it to no. me, and I texted it to, to my ex-husband. Yeah, I just yeah. saw that right before here. You right. know, yeah. I used to have a joke. Oh, no. I used to say that, you know how girls can go into, girl, women are terrible to each other and they will mm -hmm. backstab. But women could go into a lady's room and you pull out a lipstick. You can talk to the person next to you 
and get them going. I used to joke that if Queen Elizabeth was in a bathroom when therapy twins walked in, we would have had her in stitches. Aww. <laughs> Aww. That'd have been cool. That yeah, been good. Well, that's a, I, not good, but I think we're going to end on that. Uh, stick around. Don't hang up. Um, okay. But yeah, I, that's a little honor for her. You know, I've heard good things about her and I turned my TV on. Actually, I was on YouTube and turned it on. So I was looking at it for about 10 minutes before I turned it off to get on with you guys. And I just want to bring that up man, because it's going to be a couple of weeks before this episode airs. So, um, oh, yeah, of course. Rest in peace. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, well, she joined her husband. Didn't he go? Uh, oh, yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, Princess Diane and everything. And oh, stuff. yeah. So, but you guys, I appreciate you guys for being on the show and um, talking to me. I, I definitely have fun. So, well, thank you for thank having you. us. Luke. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Then Wait podcast. If you believe in what we're doing, be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast and check out our Patreon page. Don't forget that you have worth and value. And if you are ever in need of encouragement, feel free to connect with us on our socials.